Welcome back to the Barbells and Trails podcast, everybody. I am your host, Brett, back with episode 23. We're here yet again, and to just start us out with this week, I got some bad news. Never seems to work out for me. I don't have a guest. My guest canceled because of uh, stuff going on that they didn't realize they needed to do. So that's the, the, for sure, second guess that I had planned out that fell through in the past. So hopefully they'll be able to come next week and, uh, and we will get on a good, good winning streak. At least that's, that's the hope that is the hope at least in my eyes but um either way we're going to try to move through this week i'll tell you now this is, i'm i'm planning on actually making this a shorter episode just because i i do have other oh hit the mic i do have other stuff i do need to get done this evening but just I, my my plans were kind of thrown off by uh, not necessarily having um, my guest actually being able to be here. So it took away some of my conversation piece and some of the stuff. I was expecting this to actually be a longer than normal podcast. In all reality, it's probably going to be a, an average to shorter. Um, so we'll, we'll just roll with it. I still got some decent topics that I can talk about um, just one-on-one with you guys even without a guest, but it is what it is. Uh, what have I been doing this week? I thought I'd give you guys a little, little week catch up. Um, nothing too crazy. I, I've been working. I've been hitting the gym. I've been cutting. I I'd cut on my diet again. So like I have been doing what would be considered, uh, Oh shoot. What is it called? Um, Blanking on the name. It's a uh, it's a certain certain diet, but basically how you you fluctuate how many calories you have coming in every so often to basically keep your metabolism guessing and keep adjusting so that your metabolism does not adjust to a super low diet intake uh, over a long period of time. So, like two weeks ago, I was doing like three thousand calories a day. Uh, and I was actually slightly gaining, so it probably was a little too much. Um, where now I'm doing 2,000 calories a day, so I'm, I'm cutting again and dropping back down for the next week or two. So trying to change it up. Uh, matador diet, that's what it was. That's what I was thinking. But I've been doing that. been hitting the gym every morning. It's been going pretty well. I, I'm, I'm really really enjoying it. I, I can't believe I fell out of the gym for as long as I did because getting back into it, it's been really nice. I think in general, me creating better habits to getting up and doing stuff and swapping gyms and making it a little closer and a little more convenient and doing, doing certain things to incentivize and keep track has actually helped me to keep progressing and kind of not stagnate and not doing it. So I think it's helping. I think I'm realizing now that even to keep that going even more on the weekends, which I typically do like active recovery 
so like right before I came on here, I just did like a hour long jog and went about five miles where I'll either do that or I'll go like walk for an hour or do some stuff on the weekends. Nothing too crazy, um, but just to kind of get the muscles working a little bit, get a little bit of blood flow, you know, get up and moving where I think I'm going to start doing my normal routine and go into the gym, but still probably just hop on the treadmill or something just to like get me going in the same sense as I do during the week where it's like I'm up. I started my day off with something productive. I got to try keeping that up the rest of the day kind of scenario because um, I tried getting up at my normal time this weekend and it just did not go well uh I think I slightly need to adjust my time when when waking up in general but I think part of it is on the weekends I'm just not used to getting up at five like I am during the week so when I know I don't necessarily have like a good good reason to do so it throws me off so it's like I guess if I set myself to be like I still got to go into the gym like I typically do obviously it'll got to be at work by 7 30 but I need to get up and be in the gym by 6.30 still, and I won't, or by 6, not 6.30, and just go in for an hour and do something. It'll at least get me out of bed and get me started, so I think I'm going to start doing that next weekend. But other than that, this week, I did read a new book. I finished another book. It was called The Decision by Kevin Hart. It's a audio exclusive on Audible. It was really, really good. It was basically all about um, kind of growing a positive mindset and how to work to be successful and some of the stuff he's dealt with and and just how basically building a positive mindset and keep working and growing kind of will over time accumulate into something and you just got to stay positive because negativity is what drags you down in a lot of ways. So just like different different stuff and it was a, it was an interesting book it wasn't too bad uh he kind of kept it lighthearted at times with a little bit of comedy but it was it was kind of fun so it wasn't it wasn't a terrible book I, I would recommend to anybody that has audible it wasn't a bad read i know he has a few others on there so i'm i'm curious to maybe listen to them in the future but uh, i'm trying to think other than that Obviously, you guys cannot see me right now. My plan is to hopefully record the first episode of actually seeing next weekend. At least that that's what I'm shooting for. Um, with that, I've ordered some stuff for the studio. I was thinking about getting a neon light like sign. It was a little pricey. I wasn't planning on necessarily doing that at the moment. But um, I've ordered some stuff for it to kind of add some decor and to finish up the background and, and certain stuff. It was supposed to be here two days ago. Some of that now won't get here till Monday. Uh, and just other stuff not showing up like my sound panel. So if you hear a slight echo, that's why. I, I've ordered some acoustic paneling, and they've been delayed, and I haven't gotten any updates yet, and my guess is they won't be here until, like, October, or 
or something like that. And I ordered them already a month and a half ago. So delays with stuff kind of sucks because I wish I didn't have an echo. Like one of the main reasons I wanted to put the studio in the room I'm in was because it was smaller and it's easier to kind of provide that sound absorption and, and figure some stuff out. So I'm hoping when those panels get here, those solve most of the problems. I think they will. There's still a few other things I want to put on the wall, and I think just in general getting stuff on the wall will help. But it, it's coming along. I'm, I'm getting bits and pieces here. I got uh, – what did I get today? I actually got my um, tripod and everything today. It came in the mail and just waiting on some stuff to put together for this weekend uh, through, through the week. Um, kind of get some stuff put together. So hopefully it comes out all right. I know that certain items probably won't even be here by that time. And I feel like it'll slowly progress and we'll add some stuff here and there to the background and kind of make it a little better and different. So it will definitely be a progressive, it will be a progression, um, on the look of the podcast and it will probably change a little bit over time on stuff in the background and certain stuff. I, I'll tell you now, I already plan on having it, um, I guess, like Christmas-themed. Uh, December's probably my favorite month. I love I love doing Christmas stuff, and I feel like <laughs> uh, I might even post more in December. We'll, we'll kind of see how that works out because I would love to do certain things in Christmas-themed episodes and stuff like that. So if you guys have any ideas, please let me know. Um, but I, I'm kind of excited for the next couple months, uh, and kind of see where this goes. Obviously it's, we still got three months till December, but it's not, when you think about it, it's not far along around the corner. So we're, we're getting there. Uh, and another big thing that just happened yesterday that I wanted to talk about more because of my interests. I don't necessarily think any of you guys that are listening might really know who they are. It, it, it's somewhat, It's a group that I've grown up with. I've watched these guys since I was, oh shit, probably 14. Oh, it's been forever. Because so I graduated in 2019, 18, 17, 16. I might have been 15. 15 to 14 was kind of when I was I was really learning about them and that was still kind of early into who they are surprisingly I didn't think I necessarily found them that early but um the sidemen the sidemen charity match was yesterday but I've I've watched those guys for oh shoot I I like I said like I was maybe 15 so I've watched them for years I've watched them grow on their journey and uh and a bunch of stuff like that so it's been quite quite a it's been quite a journey like watching them over the years and everything that they've been able to do and this was this was one of those things uh, with the sidemen charity match i mean they've they've done it before i don't think i've actually ever watched any of the full charity matches uh, so it was kind of cool. And I was like, man, this would be a good, good talking point. 
good good talking point for the podcast, let alone um I'm I'm interested. So it it is kind of it's kind of crazy, but I guess let's just kind of get into it. We'll go through some of the highlights for for it. If you don't know what the sidemen are, it's a group of seven UK YouTubers that just kind of um became friends over the years working on YouTube with on their own and just kind of happened to create one of the, the the largest yeah the largest UK YouTube group and one of the largest I, I would say YouTube groups and on YouTube I feel like I don't know maybe that's be me being biased uh, I don't I guess in comparison to some uh, US people it might be a little different but they've been around for many many years and they've done three charity matches in the past and basically they've sold out a stadium or they did this year they hadn't in the past and raised money as much money as they could and just played with themselves and a bunch of other youtubers to come play a soccer soccer match or football match and tried raising as much money as possible and just kind of put on a piece of entertainment for everybody to come watch and they would live stream the event and people would donate and they would try raising as much money as possible so they haven't done one since 2018 and they talked about doing this one in 2020 and it kind of i think it was 2020 and it took a while for them to kind of get everything in line but they they ended up doing it so it was Sidemen, a bunch of other people uh, in the YouTube space. Mr. Beast, Speed, which is a Twitch streamer. Um, some other UK YouTubers, Calix, Calfreezy, uh, all the Sidemen. So KSI, Mini Mentor, uh, Vicstar, Zerka, Bazinga, or Bazinga, <laughs> Bazinga uh, or Ethan, just the. Harry or Rodeshaw, Toby or Tobe Jizzle, like all those guys, um, their main friend group, Randolph, um, trying to think who all else was there, uh, some of the beta squad people, Nico, Chunks, Philly, who else, Harry Panetta, a, a, a big, big group of people uh, from YouTube and streamers, a few TikTokers, just a, a big variety of large creators from around the UK and then some from the US. Uh, the Mr. Beast one was probably one of the biggest ones. He had Mr. Beast, he had Carl Jacobs, and he had his other friends, Chris and Chandler. I don't know their last names, but he had them come play too, or they had them come play, which was quite amazing. And it ended up being probably the most entertaining game they've had uh, from the start, from their original one. They... They they have had quite a lot of um, different people involved with it, but this one was definitely the most entertaining. In this game, they had 15 goals, and I don't think they had done that in any of the past games, and that's for sure. I mean, one game ended up 2-0. Uh, so th this game had a lot of goals. There was a lot going on. And it was crazy. There ended up being two goals almost within the first five minutes, six minutes, very quickly. I don't watch a lot of football, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know typically those games 
don't necessarily end with super high scores, so it is a little different. Professional goalkeepers, professional players. But it was very entertaining. Chunks and Nico scored the first two goals for the YouTube All-Stars, which was the opposing team to the sidemen. And Vic, which is probably the worst footballer of all the sidemen, was able to score the first goal for their team, and it was absolutely an amazing goal. He's only scored two goals over the past over the past sideman charity matches and the first goal he ever scored was a penalty in the th- third charity match. It is probably one of the most memorable moments in the charity match history for everybody just because Vic is probably the least skilled player out of all the sidemen and uh so it was quite amazing that he actually scored the first goal for the team which was ridiculous and then from there it, it was basically it, it was definitely a big back and forth when it comes to uh the teams themselves the youtube all-stars held the lead for most of the game but sidemen were always right behind them and kept up with them and and kind of just kept going back and forth with it and it was kind of looking bleak, but within the last couple minutes, Simon, or Minimeter, was able to score uh, the winning goal. Basically, the last goal of the match that won them the game. And the score ended up being 8-7, and it was um, the sidemen. And Simon played amazingly. He had a hat trick. He scored three goals. Manny scored a goal, Toby scored two, Chris MD scored, Vic scored the first one. On the other team, uh, Nico scored two goals. Um, Philly did Theo Baker, Castro, Will and E, Chunks. It, it was a good variety. Uh, Speed got kicked. Uh, no, he didn't get kicked off the game. Never mind. I was about to say something that didn't actually happen. But they... He didn't take out JJ and stand over him and JJ's KSI, if if you don't know. And it was just a very, very entertaining game. I was was very happy that if I was going to tune into any of the charity matches, considering I've missed several um, in the past couple years. Like, I've I've watched bits and pieces. I was very happy that I actually sat down and watched this whole, whole game. I think that was actually the first ever soccer or football match that I've ever actually sat down and watched, which was, I, I wasn't disappointed. It was, it was very funny. It was entertaining. A lot of people, it, it was, it was awesome. I hope they do it again because um, they realized after that when they had originally released the tickets, they sold out very, very quickly. So I think that next year, if they try doing it again, They might try selling out Wembley Arena, I believe. Possibly. It's kind of toss-up at the moment. But that would seat, I think, 90,000 people. This one sold out, and they had, I think it was 27,000 people there, which was crazy in itself. And they were able to raise money for some amazing causes. I can't remember all the causes. I think it was teen cancer, uh, some uh, teen cancer something i'm blanking on the full name and that's my bad for not knowing um let me see here if i have it sitting anywhere uh man i don't have i i don't have the 
the charity names, but it was that. It was a mental health, like suicide prevention line, which was one. Uh, Sunshine something. I, man, I, I can't believe it. I, Why am I trying? Because I don't know. And then M7 Education, which is actually Simon's um, own nonprofit that he started a few years ago with his brother, I believe. And it, it was pretty cool. And actually, by the end of the match, they were able to raise over a million dollars. Their final amount raised was £1,074,379. So that would probably equip to... Uh, I don't know. Oh no, I don't know. What's pound? What's pounds to pounds to dollars? I can't remember the ratio. I think it might be like I'm gonna say 1.2 million USD, roughly. I would say that's a rough estimate. So they it it was it was crazy. I I think in the first year they were able to raise fifty thousand. Which even that to raise for charity is amazing, but because of their influence and everybody they have involved to be able and raise over a million dollars in basically three hours or two and a half hours was quite amazing, and it was a really cool event to watch. And I I, I recommend recommend anybody to check out the Sidemen in general. I I feel like they've they've created quite a name for themselves on youtube i feel like they instead of necessarily following into trends which every youtuber does to an extent most of their retention is based off of personality and character not necessarily what the video is totally like part of it is just them being themselves which i find amazing i mean that's how i found out about them was their old old gta videos which was just gta races back in the day and i they did so many so many uh, like videos of that because they would just game and post almost every day and i remember sitting there and i would watch different one different people mainly originally vic and then ended up watching simon majority of the time his point of view and they all posted gta racing videos and and that's kind of how they first started creating a name for themselves before they started branching out into real life content and it became a very, very popular, very popular group over in the UK. So it was very amazing to watch and, and I, I can't wait until they do something again. I feel like they could do that definitely annually. I think the reason why they didn't do any more afterwards was because at the time they weren't as big as a group and they weren't able to sell out the stadium. So it seemed kind of, I guess, uh, like they weren't necessarily doing a whole lot. And in all reality, over over the past four years, which is on YouTube a lot of time, a lot can happen in four years. And through COVID, because they kept trying to make as many videos as possible through lockdown, which a lot of people weren't able to do, and what they were able to create they were able to grow their following tremendously, unlike some other creators. And not only that, something that happened yesterday, which had to be right after the match, I didn't see this until, uh, shit, an hour ago, two hours ago, maybe? Ethan, 
Bazinga. One of my favorite Sidemen members, he's had an amazing body transformation, got into fitness, and, and he's been an inspiration for me over the years just because of what he was able to do. And I feel like in some ways he kind of in, inspired me to eventually get into fitness a little bit. Like he was definitely an integral part of seeing his journey uh, just with everything he dealt with. But besides that, in general, he was... I was about to say he was able to birth his child last night. No, his kid was born. Uh, he, he's been expecting, and they had talked about it for weeks now. And at one point had even mentioned that there is a high likelihood, there's a high chance that he could get pulled during the charity match uh, because they were going into labor. And I don't think he was... I'm trying to I'm trying to think back uh if he was there at the end of the match. I believe he was. So that means that they had to have their baby either late last night or early this morning. And he I mean he was still wearing his Sidemen FC shirt from the match. So I'm guessing late last night after they got back. So it's kind of kind of crazy it happened. Congratulations to Ethan and Faith having a little baby girl. I believe her name is Olive. And, and just good, good luck being parents. Congratulations. Like I, I know Ethan's been super excited and I, I've kind of seen, seen him grow so much as a person, um, all of them over the past seven years. So it's, it's quite amazing to see that he's the first member out of the Sidemen to, to have a child. So and I, I know that he'll probably be a great dad. He's, he's he'll definitely keep his child entertained. So it's it's gonna be cool. I know he's gonna be kind of on a hiatus, uh, um, like a maternity leave pretty much from the sidemen. So probably won't see him a lot in the public eye over the next couple months. But uh, congrats, and I'm I'm happy that everything seemed to go well, and and the baby was born, and you guys can can be a happy little family. On other topics with YouTube this week, because it's the thing that my life in some form or another kind of revolves around, because it's the only entertainment I watch. I don't really watch TV shows, or I do watch movies, but I don't watch them that often because they are very time-consuming. I say YouTube isn't. YouTube definitely is, but one movie might... Fuck, nowadays, movies are so long, one movie might be two and a half, three hours, and I could watch five videos or more, depending, in that same amount of time. But YouTube's kind of my thing. My thing. So, another thing that happened this week in the YouTube space. Yes Theories Project Iceman is finished. It has not been released. I hope that they release it. I, I mean, I feel like they're going to have to release it at one point. I don't know how and exactly how they're going to do this. I know that they're doing a movie premiere for it. So Project Iceman is a documentary that they recorded and filmed in 2019. So quite some time ago. These guys already produce and make, I feel like, some of the best videos on YouTube. And they were making this documentary... They were going to have it made by a major streaming platform, I guess is Netflix or some other very large platform. 
and it was gonna they were gonna get like 1.2 million and they decided to say fuck it and try doing it themselves because they were gonna lose some creative control over the project if they sold the rights to that streaming platform so they they decided to do it on their own and it's something they've been working on now for over a year trying to slowly but surely produce this piece it together edit everything down and basically the whole documentary is this man i don't i don't remember his name i don't even know if they state his name they might have and that's my bad the trailer is on youtube definitely go check it out go check out their latest video on it because it was kind of behind the scenes and you get an exclusive look at part of the video or part of the documentary but it is a feature-length documentary about a man that they sponsored to go do the first ever Iron Man race in Antarctica. I can't remember how many miles it is. It's like 140, I think. Between, I think, a, a I don't, I should know this. I think it's like a four-mile swim, a marathon, and a hundred and... Oh, shit. Oh, no. I should know this. In like a 60-mile bike ride or something? It's roughly around there? Oh, fuck. I think it's more. I think it's more. I'm, I'm not very good at this. But he did this in, it, in Antarctica, and they sponsored his trip and filmed it and did, did all this, and they put it together. I think it pre- premieres next month in several cities around the world. I wish I could go to the premiere, but I am not. I, I can't necessarily fly to New York just to watch a movie premiere, although it would be quite amazing. I've always wanted to visit New York, but I hope and can't wait till this is actually released on their website or something to stream and watch because it'll be quite amazing. Uh, everything they do, all their projects seem to just turn out spectacular. So. I can't wait to get a look at that, and I'm, I'm super excited, and I hope everybody else is too. Speaking of YouTube and stuff going on yesterday, YouTube, re- or U- YouTube, Mr. Beast released his newest video, which was uh, Survive 100 Days in a Circle. So he's done challenges like this before, never this long. Most of the time, it's been 50 hours, of how last one to leave, stuff like that. It's something along those lines where he just would draw a circle on the last one to leave or whoever stays the longest, that's the same thing, or shit like that would win some prize. So you got this guy in the middle of a field and <laughs> put a plot of grass with, with a big red circle around it plop down a, a, a basically skeleton house in the middle of nowhere on their property I'm pretty sure and he had to stay there on his own for a hundred days to win half a million dollars and it was quite an amazing video definitely a Mr. Beast video though in many ways with uh, some challenges and trying to get him out and see if he would survive because I mean a hundred days to yourself to begin with is a challenge 100 days away from his family was probably one of the hardest things not only that he only had a limited amount of food which was 300,000 calories but for 100 days isn't 
necessarily a whole lot. Oh, wait, that's not that bad, is it? 300,000, 100 days. Maybe 3,000 calories a day, right? He should be fine. But he basically had to ration out his food and figure all that out because that's all the food he had and a bunch of other stuff. At one point, there was a tornado watch and warning, and he was in this little makeshift house in the middle of a field. He, They literally cut the house in half. They destroyed part of it with a wrecking ball. They did all sorts of stuff. They launched fireworks. They, they did all sorts to basically try to deter him and get him out. They had a marching band play overnight. They surrounded the property with clowns overnight, just standing out there, not making a noise, kind of creepy. But a, bu- a bunch of random stuff to try to basically persuade this man to leave the premises. Uh, premises? Premises to do this and he was able to survive the hundred days and actually won the hundred thousand dollars so or hundred thousand five hundred thousand dollars so very cool for him and his family and everything like that mr beast does some amazing stuff i just watched a video the other week on a studio tour and his whole studio between the buildings and the equipment is probably over 15 million dollars 15 16 million dollars which for YouTube videos in general and for YouTube considering his basically the largest creator ever is just ridiculous but he's able to produce and make some of the best content out there so props to him and everything he's able to do speaking of actual YouTube news though YouTube update this week I did watch a video YouTube had an update uh, which is very interesting. I'm actually curious because I think this might pertain to me and making content for you guys eventually and posting stuff on YouTube and just little clips and different stuff and a bunch of random shit. We'll kind of see. Um, YouTube shorts are now monetizable, or they will be at the start of next year. So... Basically, there's a new way to get monetized. You don't have to get monetized from the 1,000 subs, 4,000 hours of watch time. It's changed. You can do 1,000 subs and 10 million views on shorts. So there's two different avenues for it. And then not only that, but you can now do a a partner program through YouTube, just like you can on long-form content with YouTube shorts at the start of next year, where out of all the ad revenue made, 45% 45% after, no, 45% will go to the creators, but after, you get what's after is used in licensing fees for music and shit like that. So YouTube is taking a portion, taking 55%, and then a portion is going out for licensing out of the 45% towards creators, and then the rest is split between creators uh, depending on views, which I feel like this will be quite amazing, especially for short form content because TikTok pays shit. Instagram doesn't really have a monetization um, way, really. I mean, you you can do branded content, but that's about it. And this is kind of one of the first ways to monetize short form videos, which is kind of amazing. And I feel like something I've considered consider doing for youtube eventually so i feel like 
it'll be kind of cool and interesting to do with the podcast posting tiny little clips or behind the scenes stuff and just little little stuff separate from videos so we'll just kind of see it's um it's going to be interesting and it's going to change the the short form space for sure but considering how they had it before and how creators could make money from it and how it was just one fund and then they split it between creators depending on views this will definitely provide more income than what it could have or it was and then not only that there's other ways where you can technically make money and be supported as a creator before monetization through super likes and stickers and certain certain stuff so th there's th they're basically providing new ways to to make money through youtube which is quite amazing um for creators for people coming up for smaller creators it's it's going to be very very interesting over the next six months to kind of see what happens at the start of the year and how this kind of changes the creator space but it, it, it is what it is and i'm, I'm kind of excited to possibly use this um in my own situations but in real news for the week Let's go over a couple things. I saw this one, and I have to admit, this made me laugh. Sex strike to save the world. Animal rights group PETA was called, whoa, was called on, has called on women to go on a sex strike to save the world. The UN says that livestock, that livestock causes 14% of all CO2 emissions. Men tend to eat more meat than women, and meat grilling is often a male-dominated PETA's German Bureau cited a new study that claims men cause 41% more emissions than women primarily because they eat more meat. Now there's the scientific proof that toxic masculinity harms the climate. A hefty meat tax of 41% for all men is appreciated. A ban on sex would also be a purposeful, wait, propose, yeah, purposeful, in this context, a Peter official, a Peter, a PETA official stated. So they basically believe that because men eat more meat, we should not get sex because we're terrible people. I, I I've never, I've seen the videos. I considered going vegan for a while. Uh, it's just, I don't think I could, me personally. Um, I mean, I, I would be willing to try something like that, but I don't feel like I would operate optimally, and I've already been a picky eater as a kid, and trying to do something like that and make that big like change would be almost impossible for me, I feel like. Not impossible, but it wouldn't be easy by any means. And yeah, men eat more meat. Uh, our bodies in general are so different that we need more, we need more protein. We eat more like we... We have to sustain the body we have, and the only way to do that is with protein and calories. So yes, it's very, very common for men to eat more meat, but I guess they're going to punish us with no sex if we don't. So that that sucks for us men, I guess. Uh, not only that, Russia ordered partial mobilization. Thousands are fleeing Russia after the state officials announced a partial mobilization of 300,000 troops. The mobilization, Russia's first since World War II, 
will draw on reservists or civilians who can be called up to active duty as needed. Officials stopped short of a full mobilization which would draft ordinary citizens and put Russia on a war footing. After the announcement, fleeing Russians worried about a draft caused plane tickets out of Russia to sell out. 1.3K plus protesters were arrested. Russia's defense minister said, Russia is at war not only with Ukraine, but with the collective West. This is kind of crazy. Um, I, I, I do, like, good, good job on the Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainians, Ukrainians for actually getting a victory and pushing back the Russian forces. Sadly, though, this is probably the main reason why they've caused this mobilization is to just say fuck it and put a lot of people on the front lines on the Russian side to basically try stopping any further pushback and strengthen the line, which isn't great for Ukraine. It's not good for Russia. Uh, there was some other nuclear threat by Putin, of course, which is terrible. That, that That's my main thing. I don't necessarily want us to get in this war. I don't, I, I and, and the thing is most people don't know, but we've provided over 10 times the amount of money and resources and weapons than any European country. I don't think that we should not help out in some form or another because we've all, always been against Russia and communism and shit like that, but it's like, and for freedom, but at the same time, I don't feel like we should be doing more than every other country. That That's my stance. I feel like other countries that are especially at a larger risk of this whole catastrophe should be doing more because they're the ones that are probably at a higher risk than us uh, when it comes to a first strike like yeah we might get attacked but fuck it they're gonna they're gonna launch stuff into europe way before they launch stuff at us and or even into ukraine so it's it it, it's just kind of crazy i hate that the nuclear thing is even a threat because I kind of wish nuclear weapons weren't a thing because you couldn't have all this shit back in the day without nuclear weaponry. Like we might be in war right now, but it would be a, a, a whole different thing because we could actually go over and help and assist without necessarily the the chance of world destruction, which which is fucking stupid. And I hate that. I hate that. The the, the Russians and Putin in general are threatening something so terrible, which really sucks. Something a little more calm, but still worrying, is STDs are on the rise in the United States. Rates of sexual transmitted diseases such as syphilis, gonorrhea, and HIV are rising, the CDC said. In the United States last year, the prevalence of gonorrhea was up 10% from 2019, HIV 16%. Syphilis, which was nearly eradicated in the 1900s, 50%. Chlamydia prevalence was down 13%. Public health experts suggest fewer people are using protection than before. Gay men continue to be in high-risk category for many STDs, although cases have risen for all demographics. The National Court... Coalition of STD Directors top official called the United States STD, STD situation out of control. 
Guys, wear a condom. Come on. We don't need to be spreading this shit. I thought we dealt with some of this stuff a while ago. Can we get it under control? Keep your dick in your pants if you can't wrap it up. Like, play it, play it safe. Stop spreading this shit. No one wants it. No one wants an itchy dick or itchy vag. So keep keep yourself clean. Be safe. You got this, guys. Just just wrap her up. Wrap her up. <laughs> we don't need unwanted pregnancies. We don't need STDs. Figure your shit out. Come on. Uh, Lebanese banks closed. So banks in Lebanon, I've actually seen some of these, have been robbed by people that have money in the banks. Basically because the government and the banks only allow a certain amount of withdrawal from the accounts, even if they have money in them. So people have actually held hostage in these banks with fake weapons to basically try to force and rob their own money from the bank because they cannot get it otherwise. One woman robbed a bank to try getting her money to save and pay for cancer treatment, I believe, for her sister, which is ridiculous. Lebanon's been in a tough situation for years now. And that area in general, in Syria, in the past 10 years, it's been rough. But it sadly isn't seeming to necessarily get better as most of the country, I believe, is in poverty at this point. And it's, it sucks. Hopefully, that, hopefully, eventually stuff will get better and people will figure it out. Uh, channel crossings. Illegal English channel crossings have surpassed 30,000 this year, breaking last year's record of 28,000. The channel, which is 21 miles wide in some areas, separates the UK from France. Migrants, mostly of Middle Eastern and African origin, often try to cross the channel in risky boats, or oh, risky, rickety boats. So far in September, 5,500 5, people have crossed, nearing August's high record 8,500 crossing. French police stopped 50% of the boats, but many still reach the UK. Recently, the UK brokered a deal to pay Rwanda, a small African country, for it to take in some of the migrants. For now, a court is blocking that deal. Interesting. Uh, it's never, never fun, but uh, it's, I mean, it's similar to the US and the border. It's, it's not an easy issue, but you got to, you have every right to protect your country in some form or another. I don't think that they should be treated like they are by any means, but we have every right to say that, hey, like you can't come into this country illegally just like the UK does, just like Europe itself does. And the amount of money they spend and what they do to keep people from going into Europe is kind of ridiculous too. Like It's way worse than some of the stuff we do at times, so it's it's pretty pretty crazy. This one's actually kind of cool. Uh, I would not have guessed this, but cancer deaths are falling in the U.S. Per the American Association of Cancer Research, cancer deaths fell three point or sorry, two point three percent per year from 2016 to 2019. Cancer is the second leading cause of death in the United States and is expected to kill 600,000 Americans in 2022. Every day, 5,000 people are diagnosed and 1,700 die from cancer. Per the report, the survival rate for all types of cancer has risen from 50 in the 1970s to 70 from 50% in the 1970s to 70% in 2017. Since 1991, 
3.5 million deaths have been avoided and 18 million Americans, 5.4%, are now survivors. Wow. Doctors attribute the trend of the medical advancements. Eight drugs were approved and 10 were more expanded in 2021 alone, and as well as two new types of diagnostic imaging. Well, that's that's actually really cool because cancer fucking sucks. It's terrible, and I wish we could figure it out a little better. But that's that's cool that at this point things are starting to look better. Obviously, they're not great. People are still getting cancer. Part of that definitely should should be people's lifestyle habits that you need to, to be accountable for. But at least things are looking better. Uh, got got a couple couple more things. I got one more. Israel Prime Minister backs two-state solution. During a UN speech, Israel's Prime Minister voiced his support for creating an independent Palestine. Palestine referred refers to the West Bank and Gaza Strip territories overseen by Israel since 1967. In 1993, agreements laid out a roadmap for Palestine's independence, but progression has stalled since 2014. In his speech, Prime Minister Yar, Yar, Yar Lapid, Lapid supported the so-called two-state solution, according to which there would be two states for two people. He did not provide concrete steps toward that. Critics from the right call his position soft. Those on the left said that there is no proof. Proof he is serious. Yeah. <sighs> What a topic. I, I mean, I hope they figure their stuff out. I really do because it's everything over there, just everything with that sucks. And the amount of death and violence and everything that happens in Israel, I wish it didn't. And I think most do. So hopefully they get their stuff straightened out. And if they can try figuring out a solution, I think everyone will be happy. All right, everybody, this is going to be the last thing that we do for this episode and it is going to be you know what facts we're gonna do some facts because I like facts and you guys are gonna suck it because facts are amazing and I like learning new little things that are probably pointless but every bit of knowledge is an expanse so fact unero numo numo unero fuck number one your brain synapses shrink while you sleep. Researchers at the Univers University of Wisconsin-Madison Center for Sleep and Consciousness studied mice to observe what happens to their brains when they are asleep. Oh, shit. What did I hit? Sorry. Doctors, uh, I'm not going to say their names because I cannot pronounce them, found the 18% decrease in size of synapses after a few hours of sleep. Don't worry. This nighttime brain shrinkage actually helps. Your cognitive ability. Well, that's good. I didn't want my brain to shrink too much because that's that's no that's not fun. That's not fun at all. I need I need as much brain cognibility or whatever <laughs> as I can get. I need to start taking some nootropics. I need to I need to make my brain stronger because there's times I don't think it works properly. So I got to do everything I can to keep this this puppy working and. It's probably one of the most valuable things is your brain. So I got to keep this thing optimized. Number two, 
Waffle Iron inspired the first pair of of Nikes. I think I've heard about this or seen it somewhere. Bill Bowerman was a track and field coach in the 1950s who didn't like how running shoes were made. He created the Cortez shoe but wanted a sneaker that was even lighter and could could be worn on a variety of surfaces. During a waffle breakfast with his wife in 1970, he came up with the idea of using the waffle texture on the sole of the running shoe. Waffle sole, well, waffle sold shoes made their big debut in 1972 U.S. Olympics track and field trials in Eugene, Oregon. Well, that's interesting. That's where that came from. Interesting. Uh, b- fact number three: Boars wash their food. Natural Geographic reported that at Basil Basil's Zoo in Switzerland, zookeepers watched adult and juveniles wild boars pick up sandy apples and bring them to nearby creek in their environments to wash before eating. Though some items like sugar beets were eaten without the human-like behavior, the boars brought a whole dead chicken to the creek to wash it before chowing down. I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, people don't want to believe it, but pigs are one of the smartest animals in the world. And they actually have habits. They are actually fairly clean. The only reason they stay dirty is because they cannot sweat. Most people do not know this. And that's why they they will roll around in mud to cool off. It's the only way they can help regulate their body temperature. And I think raccoons do the same thing. So that's, that's actually kind of interesting that pigs do as well. Uh, number four, baseball umpires used to sit in rocking chairs. People have been playing baseball since the mid-19th century. In the early days, umpires would (laughs) officiate the game while reclining in a rocking chair located 20 feet behind the home plate. In 1878, the National League also declared that the home teams must pay umpires $5 per game. That would... uh, (laughs) I'd love to see an umpire pull out a fucking rocking chair nowadays. That would be hilarious. Okay, uh, the first, fact number five, the first commercial passenger flight lasted only 23 minutes. In 1914, Adam Feel paid $400, which would be equivalent to $8,500 today for a 23-minute plane ride. The Florida, Florida flight flew between St. Petersburg and Tampa, where only 21 miles of water separate the cities. Feel a former major, or sorry, mayor of St. Petersburg, and the pilot Tony Janvis were the only passengers. This momentous, monumentous flight paved the way to air travel as we know it. Eight and a half thousand dollars. Wow, it's like a private flight, so I mean, doesn't necessarily surprise me. Uh, number six, the f- world's first novel ends mid sentence. The tale of Guinea, shit, written by Muzeki Jukabu in the 11th century, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, is considered the world's first novel. After reading 554 and, and, oh, I'm, uh, see, this is what I'm talking about with my brain. Doesn't work sometimes. Intricately crafted chapters, the reader is stopped abruptly mid sentence. One translator believed the work is completed as is, but others say we're missing a few more pages from the story. 
number seven, a woman called the policeman when her ice cream didn't have enough sprinkles. How is this a fact? The first Midlands police in England released a rec- recording of a woman who called 999, the UK's version of 911, because there was there were bits on one side and none on the other, she says in the recording. She was even more upset when the ice cream truck man did not want to give her money back. So the world's first Karen is what I'm hearing. They have enough sprinkles, so she got upset. This one actually is kind of cool and makes sense. Uh, fact number seven. We'll probably stop at seven. I don't really. We'll do a little more. We'll do one more after this. Uncle Ben's rice was airdropped to World War II troops. German chemist Erich Hungsenlub invented a process of parboiling rice to keep more nutrients in the rice and less in the cooking time. The Hansenlab was another un- had another unexpected benefit. It stopped bug infestations. A quick cook, bug-free rice was a big advantage during World War II. The converted rice, as known now, as it was known now, wait, what? Converted rice, as it was known then, sorry, was airdropped to American and British troops. After the war, the company rebranded itself and became Uncle's Ben official original converted brand rice. Named after one of the company's best rice suppliers, the product hit grocery store shelves in 1947. And I feel like most people will know this one, but we're going to do it anyways. The British Empire was the largest empire in world history. The British Empire was the most powerful in the 1920s when it controlled 23% of the world's population and approximately 11 point or 13.7 square whoa i'm an idiot 13.7 million square miles of territory or nearly a quarter of the earth's land area according to reports from statisticians if you love these interesting facts you should check out some trivia questions thanks for letting me know but wow that's uh that that was uh, that one's not super surprising. I, I I knew that one already for the most part. But I do hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope that I don't get canceled on again next week. We'll, we'll see what we can do here, and I can't wait to really get the finishing touches up on this podcast. I wish some stuff wasn't or the podcast the studio. I wish some stuff was not delayed. I wish I had my video recording over there. And I could say hello to you guys right now. I'm waving at the the door, wish, wishing I had a camera over there to say hey. But it is what it is. We'll, we'll figure this out and we'll piece this together piece by piece. And I hope you guys did enjoy. And if you did, please follow on Spotify, rate the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, like the videos, share with your friends, rate on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. All that shit. It's very much appreciated. I hope you guys did enjoy. 